0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding, and I am joined again with Jim Sebastio. Hey Jim. Hi Brian. It's just us this time now. It is. We're it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, isn't it? We we enjoyed having the kids here and actually this is what we're going to talk about today is uh we want to we thought it would be helpful maybe not for you, but for us to have a moment to reflect on what it was like to hear our kids debrief. talk about it. So we're a little debrief. We're going to get there in just a minute. But on, want to remind everybody, go to practicalshepherding.com if you want to access any of our resources. Uh, if you want to help financially, the ministry, that would be a big help. You can go to the donate page and uh, leave a, a gift there for us. It helps fund the podcast and all the equipment, all the things we're doing. And you can also go to iTunes and leave a review. If you haven't done that, we check those and like to get the feedback. And it also helps spread the word of the podcast. So if you haven't done that yet, please do so. But we are grateful. Many of you we know listen regularly and we're grateful for you. We hear from you often. And so thanks for those who support us in all kinds of uh, different ways that I mentioned. And Jim, we want to Go, we just want to have a, a conversation about uh, the experience it's been for us these last few weeks as the two podcast episodes. If you haven't listened to them, you might want to go back and listen to them first before you continue on with this one. Uh, the last two episodes that dropped, you interviewed my kids about being a past being pastor's kids, three of my mm-hmm. kids. I interviewed three of your kids about being pastor kids and I think we can agree that it was it was interesting, it was <laughs> Enjoyable. It was hard, even at times, Mm. to to listen to. And so, uh, we we wanted to be able to take an episode to just one acknowledge we're gratefulness to our kids for being willing to do that. Yes, they uh, they all we we thought they did a great job. They were they were honest about things, and yet we have to sit here and acknowledge we're we're sitting there listening to them, and they were awful kind to us. In other words, they that we know that that pastor kids have different experiences. all the kids in one way or another spoke about how the challenges and some of the uniquely hard things for them right and yet they were they were kind about it they uh they were respectful to us as they talked about it and we want to just acknowledge that that that's a reflection of them and uh and the way that they chose to handle this we didn't coach them uh, at all about what to say or how to say it and so what you heard from them was was just their honest take on things and so we were just grateful they were willing to come in and do this, and we we hope that they that it was a help to some of the pastors who listened to this, and especially those who have little kids at home yeah. and have a lot of these things before them that we have already walked through. Uh, so, but Jim, we want to we want to debrief a little bit of, uh, about this. So, um, first, I'll, I'll just start. I'll throw it. I'll throw it to you. What was it like for you? Uh, you know, you're you're you have one daughter that couldn't be there, but you had three of your kids there, mm-hmm. and. What was it like for you to sit? So the setting, by the way, is we're in the, we're in the podcast room, and then Jim sat in the the other room, but with the door open, so he could listen to what hear what was being mm-hmm. said. But you know his presence wasn't here, so that wouldn't you know make it weird for his kids or whatever. And I did the same thing, so you got to listen immediately. And of course, yeah. you listened to the podcast episode when it released. What was it like initially for you to hear them talk about these things?
1: Well, Brian, I mean, overall, what. Struck me was just an an amazing sense of gratitude uh, to the grace of God. Uh, I grew up in a uh, so I'm one of eleven kids. I'm the tenth born out of eleven kids. My my parents were, were not churchgoers, or not believers. I wasn't raised around the gospel. Uh, my father was a World War II vet. I think he s- suffered from PTSD hmm. uh, in certain ways. Also, he had lost his dad when he was young. I think he was only six when his dad died. Uh, he was the youngest, had you know, some tough older brothers, one of whom was a boxer and and whatnot. Um, and so he had a lot of anger issues. I think some of that I look back on with uh, a degree of compassion and understanding that I wasn't able to when I was younger. But, you know, I mean, at some point we were 13 of us living in a three bedroom house. Uh, he did not have a lot of money, had a lot of responsibility uh, at work. And so he was, you know, when I think back on my dad early on, I think of an angry man. He took that anger out on the kids, sometimes violently, uh, but but more often uh, with um, a, a cutting, vicious tongue. And so I was terrified of my dad. Mm. I didn't enjoy being around my father. I didn't want to be around my father. And... When when I was converted and and had the blessing of growing up, you know, my my latter growing up years, my fourteen, fifteen, sixteen uh, on being able to go to church, being able to see Christian families, being able to see good marriages, being able to see examples of good dads, and then really coming to trying to understand, you know, the the, the God's fatherly heart, and then being able to have kids, uh, in into and to have kids that love you and want to be around you, uh, kids that would feel comfortable, you know, coming up and hugging or cuddling—it just was so foreign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to speak openly of our love for each other and building up. So I—I I, I mean, yes, I say this. I'm on the verge of tears. Uh, so I listened to that, Brian, mostly just to say with a sense of stunned wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife didn't get enough credit in those discussions, because obviously you're talking about being a pastor's kid. Yeah. Uh, I have an amazing wife. I have a wife who is so diligent in prayer and who obviously you know, had a great deal to do with the environment of our home. But then you also just have to say ultimately, it's it's the grace of God at work and the and the sovereign grace of God at work. I, I know there are pastors who will listen to this who have done all they can do. They have loved, they've been faithful. They've you're not perfect, but you're not a hypocrite. And your kids don't know the Lord or don't love the Lord or don't walk with yeah. the Lord. I know people like that. Um, and that god did save my kids that and he has made them a part of our my church which is a great i've baptized my children i get to serve alongside them so brian again for me i maybe said far more too much i should have said here but uh it's just an overwhelming sense of the undeserved uh, so i mean grace of god's always undeserved so when i say grace it's God's grace. Um, things went into that. Uh, my wife, uh, a tremendous part of that. But again, it's just such a sign of the token of the goodness of God mm. that I feel growing up, particularly as I did.
0: I appreciate you sharing all that. Actually, I think it gives a really good context to why it was. I mean, I I know your story, but just hearing you say it in that those terms— and then listening to your your kids talk about what it was like to basically grow up with you yeah. as their dad, um, and and the the kind things they said, and, yeah. and the 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 difference in what you grew up in and what they articulated in that podcast is is very strong. I mean it, it 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 it's the essence of redemption. Yes, uh, and what God brings uh, to. Not just your own soul, but obviously the the trickle of the family, yes. and the people in your you know in your life. Yeah, so I, I appreciate you, know. you sharing that. Um, the uh, the kids, you know, they I think what was fun for me to listen to get to interview them and talk to them, uh, knowing you so well, but did but just you, your kids are fun, and that came out I think as we were you know as we were talking and as they were sharing about uh, different things, it was fun to to watch their personalities come out in the mm. ways that. Uh, the ways that they did, but um, what uh, what was what was hard about listening to your kids talk about these things? Because there were a lot of kind things said about you. I know them; they were they were gracious, uh, like my kids were about a lot of hard things. That, you know, just uh, yeah. they were honest about it. Still, but wh- what was because we did we talked about your health and the yeah, impact right? That had a, a, what probably
1: are some that's that, that. You know, as I as you say that. Because I had so much for which I again was just mostly thankful. Um you when they talked about some of my health issues, they related them to stress. Well, there was a lot of pasta and pizza involved too. Uh, so I think that, that's a context. Line, that's what we're talking there's about. There's a line yeah. in an old movie where a guy says, you know, I downed a lot of aggression in my life along with a, a lot, lot of pizza. Lot of pizzas. Yeah. So um I had a hand in my health issues. I had two hands—one with a fork <laughs> and one for now. So, I mean, I'm working now on on losing that weight. I'm, uh, which I've, you know, of course, I've lost and gained the same forty pounds. Over and over again. Nobody
0: listening to this can relate to that No, all, nobody, man. just you know, so you know. Well, there yeah. are
1: some men who can't, yeah. uh, but some who probably can. <laughs> we are talking to pastors, Joe. And, and so. it's, well, and yeah, and that's a sad thing sometimes, right? There's, there's, there's something there about that uh, that maybe maybe that's for another podcast. Might be,
0: because I, I can relate to. Yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, the reality is that, you know, some of the health things I have— i have experienced have have been through my own neglect of my health and the recognition of how much that impacts them if something happened to me i mean it obviously you say well jim you believe in the sovereignty of god yes i believe in the sovereignty of god uh, but i'm not a hyper calvinist and i but i've lived like a hyper calvinist sometimes Uh, well god's appointed the day of my death and and the means of my death and so it almost doesn't matter what i do you know like the we were kidding earlier around about you know somebody telling a story about I had a a relative 140 and ate chocolate for breakfast smoked six packs and (laughs) other and they're in great shape you know but most of us we do that we're going to kill ourselves and and so again it was I can't just look back and say you know I was diligent taking care of myself and I uh, I sought to wisely uh, steward my body and the stress elements are outside of myself. I can't say that Uh, I haven't uh, eaten or exercised well for a good part of my life. And, and, my heart condition—I do think there's a genetic element to it, but yeah. I've rested in that too much. It's just genetics, you know. Don't 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 blame me. Problem when you're fat and you have heart trouble is you get no sympathy, you know. <laughs> it's not like the guy who's you know I got lung cancer and I've never smoked a day. Everybody's got sympathy. I have a heart attack. People are like, yep, yeah. you know. <laughs> we saw this coming. <laughs> uh, Who we didn't see that coming, Mister yes. Extra Slice of Pie, you know. So, which, which
0: by the way, I have to say, I've never thought of it that way. That. That this extra piece of pie kind of makes me a hyper Calvinist in a way. I've never really thought of it. Yeah, that way. it could. That's interesting. You know, that's a, that's uh, a separate if podcast. It's every right?
1: once in a while, maybe not. But <laughs> hey, I only sell. You know, uh, every day is a feast day, right? So I've, uh, I've not taken care of myself in that right way, and that's affected my kids. It's, a, yeah. it's affected their sense sometimes of stability and Is Dad going to be around and so I, I am making changes. I have been making changes. I've been seeing some benefit from that, but it's I have to keep at it.
0: I stuck. It stuck out to me when David actually knew the age he was when you had your first heart attack. Yeah, and he brought that up, and yeah, that, that remind. That's like that. That stuck. Like he knew where he was at in life when all yeah. this kind of happened. It was really interesting. Well, that he yeah. That so up.
1: David's my youngest. I. <laughs> A few years ago, I was I was listening to a book by a guy named Ray Bradbury, uh, and in that book, he talks about the relationship between a father and the son, and the and the 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 son was thirteen and the father was fifty three or something like that, and and it was like oh this horrible, this poor kid you know, but the dad couldn't throw the football or anything, and I'm listening to it, I'm like. Uh, that's like me and Dave. You know, that's mm-hmm. our. Yeah, that's basically our difference. Now, at least I could still throw batting practice to him, but uh, I'm an older guy. Uh, he, you know, he had a lot of his friends had dads that were much younger. Some yeah. of his friends, you know, they're firstborn, so uh, he got the old man uh, growing up. And so again, I think I need to, if I want to be around. I mean, I, I've said often, I want to pastor for 50 years. And then I'd like to be around for some time after that. In order to do that, I need to take better care of myself. So i I found that in listening to
0: my kids uh, talk, that one I was uh, again I, I was I was blessed to just hear them articulate their thoughts. You know, w- whether they were hard to hear or not, just to be able to kind mm-hmm. of be of you know of uh, of sound mind and thoughtful enough about these things that mm-hmm. they would be able to articulate those. I found that. You know i found that encouraging even though they said some things that were hard to hear it's nice to hear them express uh, be able to express those things the other thing that didn't come out in in the conversation just because they're just you know there's only so much time is you know my uh, all of my children are you know all my children profess to follow christ right but they're all wrestling with their faith in different ways and mm-hmm. i'm aware of how the, the rigors of church life and ministry had an impact on that. Yeah, and that didn't get to come out a lot. And but I, I want to acknowledge the, that is one of the things that to give a little bit of of context that, uh, that you know as, as part of the ramification of being a, a pastor. Because you so know, there none of them sat there and said, you know, I I hate God and hate my dad um, because that's that's not the, that's not the case. And I'm thankful for that. Right. At the same time, I do want to acknowledge to those who who listen to these episodes like. Though we didn't get to get into it, all of our kids are wrestling with their faith in different ways and in different levels, and I, and I I feel like that needs to be acknowledged, uh, you know, in the midst of this, especially with pastors who I, I know plenty whose whose children don't follow the Lord at all, and uh, and hate the church, and some of them are asking questions about, you know, did I do something wrong or different, and right. and, I, and I think it's important to realize that. Yeah, sure. There's we're, we want to have these conversations so pastors can maybe learn things that are helpful, learn things that aren't helpful, both learn both those things from us. But ultimately, I mean, the Lord is the one that, that saves us and the one that, that regenerates our hearts.
1: So, Brian, when when you travel around and, and tell your story, I mean, a part of this is you know your your family and how it's affected your family, and I I, I tried to probe a bit with that with your with your daughters. But you've watched all of your your kids eventually. You've seen them profess faith. And I think like me, you, you baptized all your kids. I did. Yeah. And and they and so for a time they became part of they were part of Auburndale Baptist. I remember yeah, that's right. I remember particularly when Samuel professed faith cause I remember us talking. I remember I was having a conversation in my driveway. Uh, I do for some that. reason And you're talking to me about that because of his. I think he was maybe twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. yeah. something yeah, like I was that. Yeah, twelve. He's twelve and and i think that required a bit of a change of practice cuz normally you hadn't baptized kids that young as at least hadn't for a while and you well, wanted, i think you wrestled with whether it was going to be seen as favoritism cuz he was yours yeah that's there was my just, memory of it yeah, our discussion. yeah well, it was
0: yeah it was a wrestling of just uh wanting to change the I, what i think was had been a careless practice of baptism in our church and trying to change that and at the same time not not go overboard in vetting anybody or a right. child, and I was—I found myself at least with my son, who was the first to walk through. It, I was failing at it, right? You know, well, just,
1: part of it was it was your kid, and you can always, you know, pastors, you can always have it look like oh, you're doing, you're changing the policy, well, or you're I, doing what you're doing because it's your kid. And when I was my kid, you didn't change it. When well, it and, I'm, so and I and I realize I'm setting a precedent right. with,
0: with whatever we were going to be yeah. doing in the future. So yeah, there's all that wrapped up in it.
1: At some point, Samuel came to you and said dad i don't want to go to auburndale anymore yeah uh walk through that with me tell me what that was like and tell me how you and kara eventually came to a place where you said we would allow that and what what made you not want to do it and what maybe the complicating i imagine there's a lot of complicating emotions just as a dad wanting the family to be together but also hey you're the pastor and if the pastors' kids start doing that, et cetera, so walk walk through that. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, the
0: first part of context in this that need that I feel the need
1: to share is that my, again my kids
0: simplified the story and they said, you know, this is what they came and asked to do, and and we let them do that. But what what they didn't talk about, and again, I think they were they were gracious about this, but you know, I I. I had trouble with it at, at the beginning, yeah. so this was hard for me. I, I can I, well imagine wanting my family to be at church together, <clears throat> feeling the pressure. Like this is uh, this was a tangible pressure I felt. You know, my for ten years, my family sat on the second row and heard me preach, and everybody saw. It. That's the cliche of what everybody expects right. of the pastor, whether that's fair or not. That's that was the cliche. It is in most churches, and that's what we did. And people were used to that. And all of a sudden, um, you know that that changed, and people. You know, I felt the pressure of the grief I was going to get over that. Yeah, and um, and again, it's so it got complicated for me. I felt this pressure from the church, some self imposed, and some was legit because when my kids did, when when some of the kids started leaving as they got older to go find other churches, you know, I I, I did get some grief. Not, it, it was, it wasn't. Um, it was it was subtle right because i feel i've always felt loved at our church supported yeah. but people didn't understand and people were almost trying to figure out how to ask me about it and i could tell it was hard for them to figure out how to ask me about it so in some ways it would have been helpful for somebody to just you know if if somebody would have came and just said look man I, this is wrong i don't i don't this is why i disagree with this but it was it was more of people trying one trying to be sensitive to not be judgmental or accusatory, but hey, this is different. This is not fit in at least my understanding of what it means to be a pastor. What was interesting, though, is the those who had the most trouble with it were um, younger families who had little kids yeah. and kind of had this idealistic understanding of what family's supposed to be and what pastor's family's supposed to be. Right. You know the people I got the most support from, which was interesting, were older members sure. who had grown kids, Every many of them who at least had one child who does not follow the Lord at all. Right. And many of them, when they heard about what we were doing, what came to me, I mean, some of them with, with tears, like moved over just the conversation and just said, "You, I don't care if you're the pastor or not. You, you do whatever you need to do uh, to support your children, to follow the Lord, whatever that means. And so I have to give credit to my wife here because my wife saw immediately that this was what was right for them. She didn't get caught up in all the, the pressure and all the things that, who, who, you know, what the church is going to think about this like I did. Uh, yeah. She's actually the one that helped convince me, look, this is the right thing for our kids and helped me see that that it was. Mm. So I, I have to own that. I, I, one, it was hard for me. Two, I was resistant. and My kids didn't bring that out. And I think that was just them being kind uh, about not... Uh, not bringing it up in that way, but I want to I want to put that on the table and acknowledge this was hard for me. It was a it was a wrestling I had to do with the Lord and with the the expectations and the pressures that the church puts on pastors. That I've come to realize now is 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 some of those were not helpful, and I was falling prey to buying buying into those. At the same time, yeah, there's a selfish part of you, you want your kids with you, and so I, I had know, to make that's a that's decision. Self, I
1: mean, I think it's very human, and and you know in. in- and you could even argue, you know, you can make some Bible cases to say where some dads might say, you know what, this is, you can make this decision when you're older and yep. when you're on your own, well, but but I- we're gonna be together. So what what persuaded you to say uh now obviously Kara, your wife had, had some part in that. She did. And what were you concerned? What it would do relationally? Were, were you concerned that it might squelch? Well, again, we're talking about Samuel, but all the the, the others then followed suit eventually. Uh, were were you concerned that well, you're going to set a precedent, or or where are you going to go, and why do you want to do that? Were were you thinking? well, but if I put my foot down, I'm gonna I'm gonna build walls here that are gonna damage our relationship in the long haul yeah
0: it's a good question and and i would i think one of the things that helped me is two things one is at my old abby so abby and samuel kind of went through it at the same time you know samuel's the oldest and so abby came to me really respectful and basically said you know that you know asked for my blessing permission and blessing to for her to go to other churches and i remember the conversation she you know, she she kind of she said something to me that that really helped me see why this would like. Like my wife is convinced was convincing eventually to to show me this is what's best for them. And when I mm. came to realize, if I have to make a decision, what's best for my kids, what's best for like me in our church, uh, if I'm I need to make a decision, what's best for my kids. And I think that's the one thing I would want pastors to hear that I eventually why I came around to this decision, though it was that it was a wrestling but what abby said to me was she said dad you know you're the only preacher i've ever i've mm-hmm. ever sat under and heard and then you know your voice is distinct and i hear it all at home all the time like right. it's your voice i'm and she's probably 15 16 years old at this point and so that was her case to say look i i'd like to go and sit under somebody else's preaching and you know and and have a change in that way and and she was very respectful about it. In fact, I believe if I would have looked at her and said, You know what, I wanna honor what you're saying. Thanks for sharing that. But you know what? This is gonna give me a lot of grief. It would help me if you would just stay until you're eighteen, mm-hmm. send under my ministry, that see it as a way of supporting me. Yeah. And and then I'm glad to give you the blessing when you turn eighteen and you graduate high school or whatever. I believe because she loves me and, and, mm-hmm. and was and wants to support me. Sure. I think she would have stayed. I right. think she would have done what I asked. And I'm so glad I didn't do that. Okay, because yeah. because that would have been what's best for me. Yeah, I, not what I'm. At least at this point, uh, I'm yeah. Convinced. No, I understand. I understand. That would have been what's I, best for me. I'm uh, trying
1: to put myself in your position. I, I didn't. I didn't have to go through this. Yeah. You did, and and that's. I think that makes that's part of what made it good for us to. But what you, have the different stories, but, but yeah, I agree. And,
0: and, but what helped, again, it was, it wasn't a situation where she's like, you know, I'm, I'm sick of you and I'm sick of our church and I'm going, like, it wasn't that kind of approach. She came and, and, and talked to me and I felt honored her being willing to come talk to me about that. I think there's some kids, depending on the relationship they have with their dad wouldn't would not have been able to come and felt at least comfortable doing that. I was grateful for that. It's kind of why I feel a bit, I feel a bit ashamed when when I look back on things and go, yeah, like initially I did not, I just did not re- receive this well. This is yeah. this is our, but but again, I have to credit my wife. She really helped me see yeah. that that no no this this is if if you know she's been she's been really helpful to in different times in our lives to say look. You know, this may be one of those moments where, if if we got to choose between what's best for your ministry or the church or what's best for your family, then mm-hmm. what are you going to choose when you have to, if you have to make a choice at that point? Yeah. And she's been really and that's hard conversations for me to hear, but I'm so grateful she's willing to push me and and have those conversations. So she deserves all the credit to help me see mm. that this is where our kids were going, and now as our kids are growing up. Uh, I it has shown to be uh the right decision I don't regret at all the fact that we allowed them to be able to go and and, and do that so for them to t- be able to talk about it and and sh- and talk about it in the way they did was was helpful for me to hear it was it was hard to kind of relive that no this was the right decision I almost mm-hmm. didn't do it like I almost fought against yeah. this and put my foot down and, and that would have been really bad I think sure so. no I understand That's... so w- what about um what was something that, um, what was something specific, Jim, that encouraged you as a dad? Like something it, for the pastors listening, you heard them say this and you thought to yourself, Lord, thank you that, you know, that this is something you, I didn't know I needed to do or I didn't know how important this was that I was doing. But listening to them, I realized this was important. What's maybe one thing for you in that way?
1: Uh, can I kind can of, I'm going to, it's one, but it's kind of one, one side and the other of the yeah, coin. Go ahead. And, I didn't bring the troubles home. Yeah, uh, no. uh, of 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 the church, I sought to bring. I want to be careful. I'm saying this, but you know the the good things. I wanted them to see the good things. Mm-hmm. And churches are mixtures, you know, because you got people and, and they're growing and and they're not they're imperfect. But to expose them to a wide range of people both visitors in the church or, you know, people or, or, or older folk in the church so that they could hear their testimonies. Cause very often around the table, we're going to have the conversation, tell me how you came to know the Lord. They're going to hear a wide variety of testimonies. What brought you here? What do you, you know, and, and very often, particularly newer people, they speak very appreciatively and lovingly about the church. And, I mean, they knew I had hardship I and mean, they could see, you know, dad's gone or I'd be burdened or I I, I I, tried not to be too much of a sourpuss at home. But there are times when the the weight, particularly in certain situations, the weight was quite great and I was probably more disconnected than I intended to be or wanted to be. And they, I wanted them to see that church isn't all hardship, that not all God's people are hard, you know, that that even sheep that have like like most you know there's there's there're mixtures like I'm a mixture like you're a mixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted them to be able to see that. But I really I wanted them to love the church. I wanted them to love learn to love the people of God and serve the people of God. And I've I've seen that manifested in them with a with a heart to participate and to serve again not not because they're pastor's kids. Yeah. But because they've had God's own grace at work in them, and were able to see uh, God's God's grace up close in a number of people. So, if if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor, exercise hospitality regularly. Uh, ask questions of people that come into your home and rehearse those things that are encouraging. There's mm-hmm. so much right now that we could just that we could have negative talk after negative talk after negative talk. Yeah. I looked up a podcast today, uh, a Christian podcast. Every topic's negative. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> it's all about how horrible everything is. And and, and you know, to remember look, Christ is at work and Christ is building his church and Christ is saving people. And that when you have a group of people gathered together, like in my situation, and you have a group of people that have walked together some for thirty one years, some a bit longer I've been there thirty one years but there's there's some that have been together that whole that whole time there's some here longer than I was here, and you got that whole group that started to come around the time I first came mm-hmm. and so some of it we've gotten older you know we're all getting into our late fifties and uh, mid late fifties early sixties, pushing seventy together, yeah. And, and when you see that and all the struggle and trouble and trial and heartache and loss through the years, that, that, that my kids are able to see that and, and see the Lord at work. That's one of the things I really wanted them to be that's able good. to, and I was grateful that, they, that they've seen that. That's good. What about for you?
0: So I, I, I'll kind of do two sides to it as well, because one of the things that was hard to hear was um, just the recognition of how much I was gone. Mm. uh several of them made that comment yeah. and uh you know and you know they saw how you know hard i worked which which on one way is a positive thing yeah. but but i i'm a, i was a trained workaholic from my father and yeah. so and uh ministry became an idol in my life in in um in some years of of the ministry there and in in times where my you know pivotal times in my family, so I I heard some of that, and that was that was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. But I think what um what encouraged me was uh the way that they recognized um tangible efforts to want to invest in them, want to spend time with them. Yeah, and, and I, you know I at least some some pastors and this know you know know the the that Abby brought up or a couple of them brought up the, the weekly thing that I did with them for years, you know, meeting with them at night, you know, they each got 30 minutes. We read and we spent time together Mm -hmm. and you know, that, that, that uh, regular time, one-on-one time with them that I, that I really worked hard to try to have with them and make meaningful and that I was, I was challenged to do and that I've challenged others to be able to do. And so to, to hear the impact that had on them, was helpful for me because it's an impact I had hoped to make through yeah. that, but you just you don't know you just don't know until you obviously hear them talk about it when they're adults in a context where they actually you know they actually bring it up. But that would be one of the things, and and was, I think it was I think it was Isabel that one of the last questions you asked her what's something you would tell a pastor, and she said you know like do little things to let them know. You're thinking about that. yeah. And you know, I think she
1: even said every day, you know. Yeah, she said it. She yeah, said every so. day.
0: So, but that makes sense hearing her say that. Yeah. But you know, so on one end, uh I think that's that was a big takeaway for me is one be I mean be mindful of. It's funny to hear them say how hard I work because I feel like I worked so hard to try to get done, to get get home, and to be be at the things right. and different things like that. So, it's uh, it's. To recognize ministry is hard work; it's constant; it's just part of the deal. But to make sure you that the that the quality time you have is is got to take the place of maybe a quantity of time that you don't have, and and that would be a big takeaway for me as I listen to them.
1: Eight years ago, Brian, because we're running out of time here, but I, I had a pastor in my home and he was a quieter sort so our home was very lively you got a little bit of picture of the personality of, of I, my kids this is true i agree their dinners there's fun the well house. dinner it is loud and lively <laughs> there's a lot of laughter I sometimes wonder how many different conversations are going on at one time. Mm-hmm. I, I used to, every once in a while, I would quote uh, Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes when he shouts out, it's a madhouse, a madhouse, <laughs> you know, I would, because it's just all, so everybody's, it's so loud, everybody's laughing. Well, we had a pastor who was <laughs> very quiet in, in his personality, and I was watching him, as around the day t- he'd done a conference at our church and was watching him watch our kids. And he had a little smile on his face, and I can't remember. He said something like, oh, "Wow, this is a very uh, healthy and uh, <laughs> vibrant <laughs> just environment." Like, you just know, like that, right? You know, yeah, whatever like it that. was. But he did say at the end. He said to, to, to uh, said to me and my and my wife, uh, and that is the correct grammar, by the way. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he said he said to me and my wife, um, "You have your kids' hearts. Mm. It's obvious you have their hearts." Hmm. and that always stuck with me, and again, I just attributed that to the grace of God. You know, sometimes you want to say to your kids that, you know, you. Uh, there's nothing sweeter than being able to say that for my kids to say something like, they've said at times to me, Again, this is just uh, among the most meaningful things they could say, is I have no trouble believing the heart of God as a father because I've seen it in, in your heart. Yeah, and to bring
0: this full yeah. circle, uh, your story at the beginning really yeah. sp- says a lot to that.
1: Well, that's again because I needed I needed God to be my father and that's really a lot of my in my testimony of what what drew me to faith was was seeing God as father yeah. and, and wanting that very desperately uh in my life. Uh, and you know, they say often your, your kids will never know how much you love them until they have their own kids. Mm. And often they don't understand the sacrifices that go in. I think my, my daughter who's now at, with her baby, who's almost a year old, uh, mm. looks at her mom a little differently I'm sure, now yeah. that she, that, you know, than she did two, three years ago. <clears throat> uh, and that's, that's sweet to see, but I think they, uh, you know, that's what we, we want at the end of the day. I mean, we want, obviously we want to see them safe in Christ. We want to see them uh, safe in the knowledge of of our love and our care for them, that they're not neglected, that they are not ecclesiastical orphans, and that our Mm. wives are not ecclesiastical widows. And how to serve well, but at the same time, and give yourself as fully as you can But at the same time, remembering you've got this other calling in your life that can't be neglected.
0: I think that also, the final thought on this is you mentioned um, – the we interviewed our kids at different ages for a reason and you know I, I was struck by when I went back and listened my oldest daughter Abby saying you know this when we we're little it felt normal when I became a teenager I was like why is it like this and <laughs> now she's an adult working right. full-time she's like okay I kind of starting to get this now right and she articulated that I thought really well yeah. and and I bring that up as a as this final thought is one of the things Reason we wanted to have a range of kids of our kids to let them speak on where they're at in the different stages is we know a lot of you listening to this have kids at different ages, and I think uh, to to realize this is just a parenting thing I, I, that I'm realizing more and more, not even just a pastor's kid thing. That you know, as we're caring for our kids and our families in the rigors of ministry and the challenge, the unique challenges that come with it, that it's a process. There's different seasons, and our kids are growing. They're learning yeah. as we go. And, and kids hit different stages and kids what didn't get talked about at all and in, in this is there were there was some there's been some really hard teen years mm-hmm. and different seasons with and that was one of the things that actually probably was mo- one of the most encouraging things for me as i started out saying well one of the things that encouraged me was just They're sitting here, able to have a sound mind, able to articulate honestly their thoughts. And there were some seasons with different relationships, times with my kids, or it was rough, you know. And there was, there was, you know, there was rebellion. There was a really hard aspect to our relationship at different times, Mm -hmm. and that that God really had had mended. And and so Mm -hmm. we're, I would say we're in a good place now. But I want to say that also, to that there's different. Seasons and it's you're going to go through different difficult times with every kid, and and we did. I mean, we didn't get to yeah. talk about those kind of things, so I, I just want to put that out there. Don't because we only had limited time to talk about some of these things. I think the reason we wanted to do an episode like this is so we could give a little bit of context that the kids were kind of too kind to to I think <laughs> embellish on some things that were legitimately difficult and hard and wrestlings that both of us had and. And, and that it's important to acknowledge that. Any final thought from you on your as you think about this?
1: Yeah, just trust the grace of God, and God's grace is powerful. And if you're listening to this and you're listening to this with a degree of sorrow or sadness because you have a wayward child, the end of the story is not written yet. Yeah, that's uh, right. As long as they're alive, what you sought to instill in them, as imperfect as you are, and all of us are imperfect reflections of a perfect God— um, God is able to use you know the the years in which they heard the gospel the year in which they heard promises the years in which they watched you and your uh, your wife wrestle and pray the love that you showed to them uh, can pay dividends in the uh, in, in, in ways and maybe maybe you won't see it I, I, I read the biography of a pastor a few years ago he died at something like 90. And his 58-year-old son came to faith a few weeks after he died. Good grief. Well, wow. You know, but he yeah. prayed for that boy after he, after he died. After he died. Wow. But, yeah. you know, it's okay. You know, it's what he labored for. Yep. And, and th- those labors in the Lord are not in vain, I guess, is what I'd encourage.
0: That's a good word. Let me pray for, for uh, all these different kinds of things. Lord, we're grateful for uh, the families you give us Um we recognize how so often we fall short in caring for them well. We ask, Lord, that um, we you would um, just comfort every pastor, every church leader, every your parent that's listening to this now, that our kids are in your hands, and though we do things to mess it up and harm them, uh, we do things to be helpful to them and love them well in different ways. But we ultimately know they're in your hands, so we pray, Lord, for every. Uh, pastor is listening to this every parent we would entrust our kids to you realizing you're the one that ultimately saves their soul you're the ultimately the one that has a plan for their life and and working in them use us lord however uh, you want to use us to have an impact on them and we pray you would help us to be faithful stewards uh, in in the children you've given us the families that you've given us and we We pray that you would uh, bless our ministries in the midst of that, that that you would be clearly at work and we would be able to testify to those Mm -hmm. things in our families. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen.